Welcome to Tattooed Freaks and Business Hoots, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get the job they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book available. You can find How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon. I have a very special panel of guests today. I'm really excited because I actually have a couple of tattoo artists and Jasmine, our piercer from some of our previous episodes, will be here as well. Uh, So I'll do introductions in a moment, but real quickly, uh, my guests today are Sarah Jamison of Lucky 13 Tattoo in Lakewood and Monica Lee of Auspicious Tattoo in Boulder, Colorado. So overall, our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X millennials and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show, we explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaching service. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. Check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or you know, you can just Google it. Yeah, yeah, Google knows everything, right? (laughs) Well, uh, hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me today. I'm really excited that we're going to be diving into this topic because uh, we still spend a lot of times discussing business and things like this. But, you know, as somebody who loves tattoos and who also has a lot of bad tattoos, (laughs) you guys saw him. It's okay. You can laugh. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really important for our audience to be a little bit more educated about the kinds of things to expect, you know, when you are expecting that new tattoo. So uh, let's just kind of go around the room, and if y'all wouldn't mind introducing yourself, we'll start with Sarah. I am Sarah Jameson. I've been tattooing for about two and a half years. I specialize in neo-traditional color, and I love what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I've tattooed almost everyone in this room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yes. now I will be on your schedule next, okay. yes? Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm Monica. Um, I've been tattooing for about a year and a half, and uh, I guess it's hard to describe, but I think my specialization would be in sort of surrealist black work. Um, and I also love what I do. I have the best job ever. <laughs> good. Uh, I'm Jasmine Giffen. I've been piercing on and off for about 10 years. Um, Dang! I know, right? <laughs> Coming up close. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be back. Cool. So I always think it's kind of interesting to find out why people do what they do. So what was it that got you interested in doing tattoos? Um... I got into it completely by accident. I've always been an artist, and um, I was kind of doing the mid-twenties thing where I had no idea what I was doing, and my barista job was becoming less fulfilling by the day, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I was having an existential crisis, and um, across the street from the coffee shop I worked at, there was a tattoo shop, and um, I became friends with a couple of the artists there, 
and they kind of introduced me to our industry and um, sort of gave me the permission to go for it and to believe in myself and to do it. Um, so it definitely wasn't a plan. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Um, I actually worked really, really hard to get where I'm at. I had one failed apprenticeship before my apprenticeship that got me here. I uh, worked for a couple of years to save up money and work on my portfolio, but I've always really loved tattoos and art, and to be able to put those two things together and make a living off of it is the best thing in the world. Great. Great. So, uh, one of the questions that always kind of comes up is making sure that you're going to work with a clean shop. Now, yes. if you've uh, ever watched Ink Master, <laughs> you know, when they say get a clean tattoo, they're talking about like the clean lines. But right. What we're talking about is sanitation levels of the shop itself, <laughs> right? So what are some of the things that you need to look out for? I would say the biggest thing that you can see right away, well, A, how the shop smells, but B, look at their bathroom. If they have a dirty bathroom, it's not a clean shop. Nope. Nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yeah. It's like the biggest thing. And it's the easiest thing to clean, honestly. Yep. And so if they're not willing to put out the effort to, you know, wipe down the surfaces in the bathroom, mm -hmm. they're not going to do the harder work of scrubbing the floors or the... I don't know about you guys, but it takes me an entire day to clean my tools properly. Many, many steps involved. My apprentice does it, so. Oh, my, <laughs> my, my apprentice is not to the point where they're cleaning tools. Well, yet. I guess the shop apprentice. Right, my apprentice. right. <laughs> <laughs> and she takes an entire day, so it's fine. Right, there you go. <laughs> Doing it right. I would also say look at your artist. Yeah. Like, is your artist dirty? Um... Like, or is there dirt underneath their fingernails? Because that's, like, one way to see if they are actually really washing their hands in the shop. Um, yes. But if they look clean, there's a good chance they are clean. And also, like, the level of shop, too, right? So, like, if you looked at portfolios and everyone's work looks really, really good, there's a good chance the shop is going to be clean. Um, yeah. So how about, like, opening the actual packages or the needles in front of the clients and... Uh, are there like certain steps you need to watch but make sure they're doing everything properly and maintaining a um, sanitary field? Well, first and foremost, you want to make sure everything that's getting touched during the tattoo is wrapped with a, some sort of barrier, whether that be saran wrap or a dental bib. Um, and then make sure, like if, if I ever drop anything on the floor, I'm picking it up and I'm degloving and I'm not going back to whatever mm -hmm. I'm doing. Um, and also washing their hands right before they sit down to get started, but mm -hmm. watch them open the package with the needle in it. If you sit down and it's set up, it's your safety at hand, so ask them to open it in front of you and redo it. And Definitely. if they don't wear gloves during that, that's gross. Yeah, that's <laughs> very gross. Very gross. Definitely, just mostly in the like, if you've done your homework and you're like, yes, I trust that the shop is clean, but, you know, you don't know what's happened between the time of they've opened this package or how long it's been sitting there, mm -hmm. too. Because, like, there are germs in the air. So, like, how long has that been sitting there mm -hmm. and, like, little dust mites and whatever else have been touching upon it while it's just sitting there waiting for you to come in? A good artist or piercer is a germaphobe for sure. Oh, We're definitely. always thinking about ways that things can get cross-contaminated and trying to fix our, fix it and be better. And Definitely. If I could pierce in a vacuum, I would. Yep. <laughs> 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 a 
But it's just, you know, those things of like clearing things that have like the plexiglass with the holes in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be all about that. Just yeah. hold your breath. You'll be fine. <laughs> Run the client through the autoclave first. Yes. <laughs> All right, you're clean. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, So, Monica, why don't you chime in on this one? Like, how can actually people advocate for themselves to make sure the artist is... Is it acceptable to say, hey, dude, you need to change your clothes? Um, Yes. I think think if you do it... I think you should do it in a nice way because as a client, you don't necessarily know exactly the levels of sanitation because there's like direct biohazard and then there's the level down, which is like sort of biohazard. And then there's like very like clean, right? So if you're like, Hey, um, just like for like my personal needs, will you please change your gloves? Nine times out of 10, the artists will be like, absolutely. We go through gloves. Like there's no freaking mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, or if it's something that needs to be explained, they'll usually explain it to you. Um, I don't always open my packages in front of my clients. Sometimes I set up for a tattoo before. Um, I had a tattoo last week, and it was a mother and a son, and she was like, hey, can I just see you open these packages? And I was like, absolutely, broke down my whole station and reset it up for them. So I think you can gauge a lot based on the person's response. Hmm. Um, t- so, and if they're a jerk, then they're a jerk, and you shouldn't get tattooed by them anyways. Agreed. Right. Okay, so how about regulations, what they mean to the public? So how do industry folks feel about that? I think that the more regulated, the better, because I think there's a big problem in Denver with shops that shouldn't be open. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, we're not strict. We're not nearly as strict as a lot of other states. Um, so if the regulations were harder and we got inspected more often, we could kind of cut back on these garbage shops that people are getting garbage tattoos at. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So I like the rules. I, I would like more. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Totally. I, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like in, in Denver County, you do have to have a body artist license. But all you do is go down work. there and give them some money. And yeah, you give them some money <laughs> and you have to have a, a bloodborne pathogens class that is specific to the industry so at least that's different mm-hmm. from a few years ago but like in jefferson county you don't need any sort of license and we only get inspected they, once a year right and they don't and even that's not enough no absolutely not and i mean everybody's seen the bad tattoos but like it if you have a bad tattoo and you're doing bad tattoos and you're probably also not very clean and you shouldn't be tattooing you should step up your game mm-hmm. and be better yep and I think regulations help with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in Boulder, you don't even have to have an industry-specific bloodborne pathogens. And you can get one of those things off the Red Cross website in, like, 15 minutes, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think there should be more regulations as mm-hmm. well. Yes. Because um, mm-hmm. it would at least, like, cut down on ignorance of where people would start to know that they didn't know and start to seek those answers in good apprenticeships mm-hmm. and exactly. better shops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Col- Colorado's falling behind in that. We only have, Jefferson County has, I think, two to three um, health inspectors, and they're also doing restaurants. Yeah. So we fall by the wayside. Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we should be being inspected by, like, should be lumped in with food either, because obviously we're doing something very, very different. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that we were also with the food Mm -hmm. service. Hmm. In Portland, I think they make you do, like, a two-week school to get your body arts license. Good. Mm-hmm. They should. Yeah. I would pay that. I mean, oh, totally. absolutely. 
I've, well, and I know in a lot of states, um, Georgia, uh, Missouri, Kansas too, I think, it's determined by how many hours you've worked in an apprenticeship. So you're still able to do our traditional apprenticeship that all of us industry folks want and love and can't get, <laughs> can't let go of. <laughs> so you still get to do that, but it's by a shop that has a license and is in good standing, by an artist that has a license, and you just are doing the things that you're already doing. So it's really super encouraging people to go the the traditional route, go the safe route with a real quote unquote apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So how about those uh, marvelous kitchen wizards and just hack and scratchers? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't like that. What? Don't get tattooed by your dude's friend who says he's just got a tattoo gun from eBay and he wants to practice on you? If anybody ever calls it a tattoo gun, right? They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> There's your first warning. <laughs> oh, great! I called myself out. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Tatty gats. Yeah. <laughs> Tatty um, It's a tattoo machine because it's a piece of equipment and we're not shooting people we're, <laughs> we're tattooing people right so that's that's the big number one if i mean if somebody's tattooing in their house anywhere that there's carpet there's probably pet dander all up in that it's uh, there's no way to there's no way to sterilize at your house how are they disposing of their needles if they are disposing of them Ugh. so yeah. many safety issues yeah and like staff you know, like, you're way more likely to get staph from a bad tattoo than any other bloodborne pathogen because it's everywhere, uh-huh. especially in houses. And staphy tattoos are not pretty. No. no. I mean, staph uh-huh. can kill you, too. Yes. Like, yeah, and that. You could die. Or right. lose yeah. a limb. Yeah. You I mean, lose. I've had clients who carry staph, and they know that they're a carrier of staph, and they were concerned about getting a piercing with the staph and just living on them already. Um but they talked to their doctor about it, and since it was an oral piercing, they're getting their tongue pierced. Um, their doctor said it was fine, because staff doesn't live in your mouth, I guess. So it's too wet in there or something. Something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's that too. Like, if you are a carrier and you don't know, and then you're in this, and staff is very opportunistic too. So it's waiting for you to get that cut or scratch or abrasion or whatever else, and just get in there and get all nasty. And that's going to be at a house. And that's gross. Yeah. So, of course, uh, I am a big proponent that cheap doesn't necessarily mean good. You know, my formula is, you know, cheap, fasting, or good, you can pick two of those options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel those carry over into the tattoo world as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Our shop actually has a sign saying that in the waiting room. Awesome. (laughs) I'll always work with a client, like, if they're a little bit short on what my initial price is, but do not try to haggle me or barter me because I've spent years working on my craft. So you're not only getting this tattoo, but you're getting all of my years of expertise behind it. And the same goes with, you know, the longer you've been tattooing, the more you're going to charge because you have been honing the skill for years. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode with Will Von Doom. Um, that, uh, I mean, it's a little different with piercing because we have, like, two separate fees that you pay. You pay your sitting fee where you're paying the piercer and you're paying the shop and, like, letting them be open. And then you're paying for jewelry. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little different for us. And I do think that clients can, you know, operate in that free market a little bit, but... 
I think it's like I've noticed a lot of really crappy tattooers um, charging like those premium prices, the 150 an hour, 250 an hour I've even seen for really subpar work. Like it's not worth that much. So I think it's crucial for clients to look at the portfolios and see if like what they're putting out is matching what you're actually getting. Portfolios is major. I mean, you always want to look for the quality of the line work, the solidness of the shading. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if like you're wanting some specific thing and they don't have like you want a rose, you don't have a rose in their book. You're not looking for that. You're looking at style and the quality of the work. Wait, they can do a rose. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And don't price shop, portfolio shop, like you're saying. Like, I talked on the phone with some people that they want to price quote on the phone because they're calling every single shop in town. And that's a really good way to get a bad tattoo Mm because sooner or later you're going to run into the dude that's like, yeah, I'll do it for 30 bucks. And, uh, and it usually doesn't end well. Yeah. And then we end up fixing it. Yeah, so you end up uh, And charging you a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's double, triple yeah. what you would have just getting the good tattoo uh, in the uh, first place. Right. I think uh, one of my favorite stories was it's like, okay, you can go get a lion done for 50 bucks at a crappy shop down the way. Mm-hmm. You can pay $200 for that same lion at a reputable shop. Or you can pay $800 to get a cover-up of the crap lion <laughs> from an expert tattoo artist. Yes. Absolutely. And yeah. the stuff yeah. can't even be covered. So then yeah. you're, like, adding in laser in there to even start to cover it up, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, which adds another grand, usually. At least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention the pain. I've heard lasering is much more painful than And requires tattooing. many more sessions. And it yeah. also smells bad because you're, like, burning your flesh. Oh, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> talk about the art now itself so you already mentioned a little bit of the kind of things you're looking for in the portfolio so what kind of technical skills should you know the average tattoo enthusiast be looking for um clean lines Mm -hmm. really look at the lines and see if there's any wobbles or any breaks does it matter Um, if they're real thick no if it's something that makes sense for the tattoo right so um a lot of tattooers use line width to uh, differentiate between different aspects within the tattoo, between the subject and the foreground. So a thick line, if it's straight and doesn't have anything weird coming off of it, that's great, you know? Thin lines are great too. Um, you just want to look at how clean it is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, if you're going for like a dainty, delicate, super thin line tattoo and this person only has like Sharpie size lines. Yeah. Probably maybe. not the best one yeah. for that <laughs> specific go piece. Yeah. 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 If you like their art, get their art, you know? And if you don't like their art at all, don't go to them and ask them to make something that's not their art. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, well, there's exceptions to that. But well, I mean, general. like, if you're... If you want a, let's say you want like a super traditional Americana tattoo, like Sailor Jerry status, mm-hmm. that's going to have those really fatty lines that, I, oh God, I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, right. Uh, but like if you're going to a, a really amazing realism artist, there's, they're doing these mind-blowing things in realism, you wouldn't go to them to get a traditional tattoo because they obviously don't like doing it if it's not in their portfolio and they're probably not very good at it either. Yeah, that's like, uh, and sometimes if you've got like a favorite artist, I think that they're willing to adapt to what you want. So 
there's a gentleman here in town, Porno Jim, down at Bound by Design. He did one of my tattoos 19 years ago, 18 years ago, mm-hmm. and the color is still brilliant on it. Yeah. And so I've gotten, uh, let's see, two or three more pieces from him since then. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I asked him to do for me is a koi dragon, kind of traditional Japanese style, not his favorite type, mm-hmm. but I wanted that brilliant color that I know he does so well, and it holds up over time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I could have gone to somebody who's, you know, like a master of Japanese, but I didn't want full traditional Japanese. Mm -hmm. I wanted a porno gem version of Japanese. Totally. And we're really good at setting our own boundaries Mm -hmm. in general. If you're at a reputable shop with a reputable artist, like, if they don't feel like they can do something well, they're going to send you to someone else. And that's actually a really good point. I have a friend um, who does, like, a lot of, like, dot work mandala stuff. She loves doing color, but her dot work just took off. So a lot of her portfolio is Sacred G, but she does amazing color illustrated stuff. So it's like, I don't know, when in doubt, ask. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we've been talking about a few of these different art styles. So uh, what would you say are your favorite art styles and for somebody who's not as familiar with the industry what are like the distinctive uh, characteristics of that well everything sort of started with traditional which is a limited color palette and pretty bold lines um, and then moved into neo-traditional where we started putting more and more colors into our palette um, realism is that no line work looks re- like a picture looks yeah. like a picture and then there's new school which has the odd the big eyeballs. The big like, eyeballs. Very, like, graffiti art. Yep. Yeah. Kind of melty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there's branches off of all of those from there. There's, like, the black work and the mandala stuff. That's mm-hmm. all. I used to hear a lot about black and gray. Is it still a uh, thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Black and yeah. gray and, like, the whole, like, Chicano art and everything. Gorgeous. That's another really big uh, uh, category. Category, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Of art and with the smaller things in between, but I love Chicano art. I do. Yeah, I love the it. Calligraphy. Oh, it's so, so beautiful. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so, are there like really um, authentic jack of all trades out there who can do absolutely everything? Yes. I just don't think a lot of people who say they're jack of all trades actually are. True. I think the ultimate goal is, well, for my ultimate goal is to be a very well-rounded tattooer, but there's things I won't touch. Like, I won't do realism. I don't do that Chicano-style black and gray. I do neo-traditional black and gray. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than, I feel like I'm relatively well-rounded, but yeah, there's still stuff that I won't. I'll recommend you to somebody who's going to give you a much better tattoo than I could accomplish. Mm-hmm. Sacred geometry is mine. I don't like to touch that shit. I don't like to get near it. <laughs> like, I, have, like, I have a list of great recommendations for people, but I don't like doing it at all. No. <laughs> the one that, that scares me is that I have uh, a tattoo in mind that I really want to get that's uh, a portrait. I want a portrait on my shoulder. And um, it's from a piece of fan art, but it's still a face. Mm-hmm. And I've said... I've mentioned it to some artists, and they're like, oh, yeah, I would love to do that. I love doing portraits. And then I go and look at it, and it's like, dude, that baby looks like it's all bruised up. What the hell? Yeah. (laughs) You know? So one of the biggest things with portraits is you – that's another thing about portfolios we didn't touch on was looking at healed pictures. That's a big thing with portraits is seeing the healed 
version afterwards, yes. especially with black and gray, you do bruise underneath the tattoo and it's not super noticeable until you're getting into those light grays because you see the bruise more than you see the tattoo until mm -hmm. it's healed. Mm -hmm. um, so well, I have one portrait on me and I, I researched for about six months artists and it was before I was tattooing. I researched artists for about six months and I finally found somebody who I thought could accomplish it. But don't, don't let you do, you have to do your research for portraits. You have to. <laughs> so, yeah. And with the black and gray, we have to tattoo it a lot. When it's fresh, it's a lot darker than it will be healed. Mm -hmm. um, oh. So sometimes that can make stuff look a little weird. Yeah. 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 Cool. So if your artist asks for you to come back to get a healed picture, always do it. Please do it. We yeah. love it. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I get a lot more. I have a lot of people, you know, when they come in to get their jewelry changed or new jewelry, and they're like, oh, this is healed. Let me snag a picture of it. That doesn't necessarily happen so much for tattooers. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so um, let's talk about Flash. Do y'all think uh, it's like a start uh, or a good riddance? Should everybody just get custom pieces or is it still cool to find something on the wall you like? I think a lot of us are drawing our own flash. Yeah, I think yeah. you should get some custom flash. Yeah. I've got some Sarah custom flash and I love it. She sure does. <laughs> she has a lot of Sarah custom flash. <laughs> I just want the other custom pieces in the one. Oh, yeah, the, the one, one was the one actually flash. off of a, a literal flash sheet. I have a little tag in there. It's in my book and it says sold. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I think that's a good way to, you know, especially if there's an artist that you have like a relationship with already. You've already gotten a lot of their pieces. Um, it's a nice way to like see what they're doing and see the things that they like to draw mm -hmm. and that they would like to tattoo. And it's a good way to kind of say thank you to them while also getting a cool tattoo. But is there some, there's some flesh that, you know, we all hate and we all make fun of all the time, but there's a lot of flesh that's still... Uh, I.E. Crawling Dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is For it? those of y'all who don't know, the Crawling Dog is the Black Panther that's like crawling up the <laughs> arm and the claws are indenting into the skin. The Crawling Dog. Loki, though, I love those. Yeah, yeah I me love too. I'm all about it. <laughs> but that's like a super traditional. We all, I mean, I, I really like traditional flesh, but like yeah. those Cherry Creek roses. Oh, clothing. the Cherry Creek. Everything looks like a vagina. Out of straight out of the eighties or nineties, yeah. whatever. I think that was a dark time in the era of Flash. What tribal armbands are uh, bad? Yeah. <laughs> so to answer the question, it really depends on the Flash itself. Yeah. Yeah. Really depends on the Flash. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was we talked a little bit with Will about um, like street shops versus custom shops and stuff like that and having a bunch of flash on the wall if there are just it's just plastered everywhere there's books and it's picture frames on the walls and it's just like that is all that you see is flash you're in a street shop and that's not necessarily I mean I can definitely recognize names of artists that have drawn that flash uh, but it's not like they sold that to do it. They did the Flash and sold it to a Flash distributing company. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same, and I think it takes all the soul out of it. Unless it's like some Sailor Jerry, because everybody loves a good Sailor Jerry. There's yeah. like, a lot of shops even do Sailor Jerry Day on his birthday, and they give away like cheap Sailor Jerry tattoos. That's such a good oh. idea. Well, that's awesome. But that's like that's your classic. That's like your mm -hmm. Monet, and you know, just going down to the roots of it, mm -hmm. as opposed to. Awful Cherry Creek distribution. Chrome Eagles. Chrome Eagles. I, I want to do a Chrome Eagle. If you want some Chrome Eagle, let me know. You're going to do the desert chrome. Oh, the sky yeah. brown. Brown. So nice. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's so 
Mm. But like, <laughs> funny. Right. <laughs> it's good for a laugh, not necessarily yeah, exactly. for a serious person. Yeah, I mean, it, for the general customer. Right. <laughs> so how about uh, everybody who goes, they're like, oh, I found all these great tattoos on Pinterest. Can you do this for me? How do y'all feel about that? I mean, is that cool or is that really the death of artistic license? When somebody brings me in somebody else's tattoo, I just kind of say, yep, and then I give them their own tattoo. I completely redraw it because I don't want to give you something I copied off of somebody else's arm. And that's not fair to the that person that has that tattoo and the artist that gave them that tattoo. Right. Plagiarism's not cool, kids. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, th- I, I think, too, you need to have a little bit of control with that because some of my early tattoos that I went in for and being high and trusting, I would, <laughs> the, the artist would like, Wes, what colors do you want? And I'm like, ah, put on whatever the colors you want. And then afterwards, I'm like, what the... Dude, those green and red don't even match. I have a Christmas dragon now. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a consent issue, right? So, like, we're always going to show you the design before we tattoo it. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's when you should definitely speak up, Mm -hmm. you know? And a lot of times um, with, like, color matching and stuff, I'll I'll let people look at the colors Mm -hmm. and, like, does this match your personal aesthetic? And also with the Pinterest thing, like, there's a lot of tattoos on Pinterest that just are never going to work well as tattoos, and they look beautiful fresh, but they're done way too freaking small. Yep. And you know in, like, two months it's going to be a blog, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always try to tell people, but, you know, sometimes they just go to the next shop and get their blog. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, I think part of it, too, is, like, with, uh, how we were talking, at least with, like, a Cherry Creek Rose, at least there's some artisticness to that as opposed to the thing that we do in Denver all the time which is one specific mountain range and we can all picture the exact picture that everybody shows us on with their the phone. With the weird black blobs inside of it. Blobs, yes. <laughs> it. People come in with like three different tattoos and I get it with piercings too like I know the picture that they're going to show me as soon as they say the piercing that they want I know exactly which Pinterest picture it is. Fat tattoos aren't a new thing, though. I mean, 90s tribal, uh, nautical stars, they just come and... Yeah, they do come and go, that is true. But I think, like Monica was saying, there's, there's, you know, a little bit of give and take. And if you're wanting just your Pinterest flash fad tattoo, cool, absolutely. I'm sure there are are tons of artists, these included, that are happy to do it, because it still pays our bills. Mm -hmm. But if you were given the choice between do this Pinterest tattoo or do this um, tattoo that you get to draw and have a little bit more artistic license with, I think most tattooers are going to choose the one that they get to actually draw. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we've gotten to my favorite part of this show where we get to actually talk about the tattoo itself. And um, so both um, Monica and Sarah, I'll ask you this of you. So what's either your favorite tattoo, either one that you have or one that you've done? Oh, man. I have a lot of favorite tattoos that I've done. <laughs> I have a lot of favorite tattoos that I have, so it's kind of a tough question. Um, yesterday, I got to do a, a, a tattoo on a dear friend of mine, and it was a cover-up of a tattoo that she actually got in a basement about 10 years ago that was backwards. It was from Johnny the Homicidal oh, Maniac, geez. and they had <laughs> traced <laughs> the image, and then they didn't 
trace it on the other side of the tracing paper, so they ended up tattooing this tattoo backwards. And um, oh. and I got to did it have words on it? Luckily, it did not have words <laughs> on it. Actually, it was supposed to, but then they like never ended up doing the words somehow. Which thank freaking god. But um, so she's had it for a really long time, and it's got some pretty negative memories attached to it. And I got to cover it with a um, sort of like Art Deco style African woman, and. When it was done, she was so, so happy, and you could just tell that it changed how she thought about that part of her arm. And her her daughter was there, and her daughter was so happy. And so, as of today, my favorite tattoo is the one I did yesterday, which happens, <laughs> that's usually what it's like yeah. for me. Right. <laughs> that's a really, really tough one. Um, I feel like I critique most of our work harder than everybody else does, and I feel like a lot of us do that. Um, I mean, we're definitely always trying to improve and I totally forgot to find my favorite tattoo. So I just got on my Instagram and we're going to go with this three donut tattoo here. Oh, awesome. Um, it's, oh. they're in various <laughs> stages of being eaten and that one was just so much fun to do. And it's on one of my favorite clients. Like she gives me the best hashtags for her tattoos when we're done. <laughs> this one's see no evil, hear no evil, eat no evil. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. 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 Oh, so there was one last point I want to touch on as the old Gen Xer to say something to your millennials. Let's talk a moment about tattoo placement. So, and by the way, y'all rebel millennials, y'all weren't the first one to start this, okay? Gen X was the ones who was getting all the tattoos first <laughs> and, our, and all our baby boomer parents were like, you'll never get a job without all those tattoos. But let me tell you this, even in our rebellious state, our tattoos started to be easily covered. Mm -hmm. Upper arms, chest, stomachs, upper legs, and then as we got mm -hmm. to the point where we we're running out of canvas, it started going into the visible tattoos. Mm -hmm. So all you people who are considering having your very first tattoo be on your hand, or on your forearm, or on the middle of your throat, <laughs> uh, yes, tattoos are a lot more acceptable now in the workplace, but uh, Let's hear it from the tattoo artists themselves that they think you're being a little bit dumb. I Maybe? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If it's your first tattoo and you want it on your hand or your throat, I won't do it. Um, or your face. I actually personally don't tattoo faces at all. I don't have anything against face tattoos. I don't do them. Um, if it's your first tattoo and it's like your astrology sign behind your ear, totally. Um, but if it's like right front and center, I won't do it. Um, if... I'm giving you a tattoo that I think is going to negatively affect your life. I won't do it. Um, like, if you want a gang tattoo or a racist tattoo, which I won't do for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, but yeah, I think in general that's a really bad idea. I think that your hands should be in your face and throat should be one of the last things on your body that you tattoo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. They should be, but it's a huge fad right now because, you know, Miley Cyrus and Rihanna have hand tattoos. Um, I will give you, I try not to do your first tattoo on your hand, but even if you're not heavily tattooed, I will do it, but I'll go through the whole spiel. This may, mm -hmm. you know, you may not get that job in the future because of this. This may, you may not get the opportunities because of this. And if they're, you're 18, you're a consenting adult. If you say, I want it, all right, I told you what may happen to you. Mm -hmm. This is on you now. And mm -hmm. also, yeah, let me clarify, because there's, like, levels of hand tattoos, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the side of the finger tattoos, I mean, Which they heal... rarely look good. I mean, they're, they're a bad awful. idea anyway, but... Idea. But they're, like, generally not going to keep you from getting a job, whereas, yeah. like, a giant banger on your yeah. hand is yeah. Or love and hate yeah. across your knuckles. Oh, God. How many um, people do we know that yeah. have that? 
Definitely. At least three. Although Porno Jim has like the ultimate on the knuckles because he's like a total nerd. One of the reasons why I love working with him because mm-hmm. I'm a total nerd. So he's got Jedi and Sith That's on good. his knuckles. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> See, I am the bad example in that many of my first tattoos were on my neck and my hands. <laughs> but they're the back of your neck. One of them and the other one is right on the side. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got my hands tattooed. Well, I mean, I got fingers. I got one finger on each hand tattooed. Um, before I even really started my apprenticeship, I knew that's where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of use those as an example of like, hey, I was also young and dumb, and this is what happened to me in being young and dumb. So here's your first hand account of I had, couldn't get a job at McDonald's, literally. McDonald's turned me down because I had tattoos on my fingers. So... I think they'd hire you now. Yeah, I feel like it's more open. (laughs) It is open. My barista at Starbucks has finger tattoos. They didn't used to. They didn't used to. It's definitely more open now, but I think it's, like, in sharing that, being like, hey, like, I already knew this is what I wanted to do, but I, honestly, if my artist would have questioned me even a little bit about getting my fingers tattooed, I would have waited. Yeah, like, I'll always question the, the decision to get your even just, on your wrist. Even just a literal, yeah. like, are you sure... If that would have been asked, then I would have been like, well, maybe not so much now. And I probably would have waited a few years to do it. I won't even tattoo. I'm waiting till my fifth anniversary of tattooing to tattoo the tops of my hands. I did get my palm done, but it's relatively easy to just, you know, put your hand down. Exactly. But the tops of my hands, until I'm set in this career, I'm not, I won't be tattooing them. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's totally fair. And I wish I would have done that. So yeah. don't be me. Don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, none of us have the tops of our hands tattooed. Nope. No, mm-hmm. no, my my fingers are the only things on my arms. I don't even have sleeves yet. Yeah, it's a common though. My palms, but yeah, I know. I'm so jealous. Everybody has palms except for me. Technically, we all have palms, well, Jasmine. Palms <laughs> <my feet>. <laughs> 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 all all right. Talk about my favorite tattoo. Uh, well, no, no. no. Go ahead. Because yeah. my favorite tattoo is one from Sarah. <gasps> Which one? Oh, the worm. The one that needs a touch-up. <laughs> it's a, well, a, a little, little bit. in the blue. Yeah, just a little bit in the blue. No, we left it like that. We wanted that. Oh, yeah. for some reason. I'm, I'm not yeah, I might need a little bit of touch-up. Anyway, day. it's uh, the worm from the labyrinth it's that right. she runs to and he asks her for a cup of tea. And it's right. And that's yeah. my favorite one. You're a worm, right? You're a worm. It's yeah. right. And right. I sweated about that one for a good couple of months, asking a bunch of really awesome artists which colors they should they would use and... And it came out great. It is seriously like my favorite tattoo. I love it so much. I look at it every day. I about shit myself, but it came out. It did. It looks really good. It healed great. Uh huh. Definitely. Yay, Sarah. But Jasmine also has my garbage apprentice tattoos on her. It's like a leg of Sarah progress. It is. I think I like that too. Is that you can definitely see a lot of the progress uh, of Sarah, uh-huh. and I think that's really cool. To like have documented on me. Uh huh. Thanks, Jazz, your true friend. I know. <laughs> I know. Let me tattoo your onion. <laughs> oh, God. All right. That's stories for another time. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for coming in and being part of the podcast. We are tattooed freaks in business suits. Um, and Sarah, why don't you tell us how people can get in touch with you? Um, you can find me on in- Instagram at shotajmo, one word, um, or email me, jamesonjameson at gmail.com. All right, and Monica? 
You can find me on Instagram at Monica Moon Bunny or my email is Monica Moon Bunny at gmail.com. <laughs> all right, and Jasmine? Uh, again, you can find me uh, on my Instagram at Sadopacifist, S A D O P A C B I S T, or on my Facebook at Piercings by Jasmine. Yep, and we will have all of their contact information on the episode information. We'll also share some of their work on our Instagram page and link back to them so you can find, uh, take a look at what they've done and get back in touch with them if you'd like to get some of that work yourself. Uh, my name is Donna Shannon. My company is a Personal Touch Career Services, and I won't shame you for bad tattoos, but I will help <laughs> you get a job even with them. <laughs> so as my producer always points out, uh, if you like what our podcast is, give us a like, follow us, make a comment, but don't say anything mean, and we shall catch you next time. Bye.